With Eddie Lacy reportedly out for Thursday's game against the Chicago Bears, Ted Thompson and the Green Bay Packers made a rare in-season trade, acquiring running back Niall Davis. So how does he fit into the Packers' plans? We'll find out with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're talking about a new member of the Green Bay Packers, Niall Davis. To do that and talk about all sorts of stuff, we have joining us this morning, our regular Wednesday guest, Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com. Nathan, how you doing this morning? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. Glad to have you as always. Uh, before we get to Niall Davis, I, I think this kind of sets that question up. But, you know, I thought Eddie Lacy was pretty remarkable last week at less than 100%. Could you just talk about what he offered the Packers in the game against the Cowboys and kind of what they're missing now? Yeah, I thought Lacy had a good performance, but maybe not quite as good as he had been the previous few weeks. Uh, he was, again, making plenty of players miss tackles on him. I think he had five total in the game. But it wasn't leading to as many yards as you would like to see on his carries. And, again, he wasn't a huge factor in the past game. But um, it was still a good game out of Lacey. And when you take into account the injury, it was very impressive. But still not quite as good as we had seen out of Lacey earlier in the season. Uh, I'm just curious when when you talk about a player missing tackles at Pro Football Focus or, or their, their elusiveness rating, does that you know kind of account both jukes and kind of guy who kind of makes defenders miss by kind of running over them? Oh uh, yeah, when we talk about missed tackles, we're saying anytime that a defender we would mark a missed tackle for them, we also credit that positively to the running back. So whether it was making some sort of move to make the defender miss, even if the defender, it was all on him doing something wrong to make a mishap on the running back, didn't do much, that still counts as well. And then we have a metric at Pro Football Focus, a looser braiding, which right now Eddie Lacy leads the league in. And that's the combination of how many uh, defenders miss tackles on you as well as uh, how many yards after contact you get on your carries as well as your catches. I got you. That's really interesting. Um, all right. So I, th- I think people are interested, Nathan, in learning about the new running back in town, Niall Davis. What can you tell us about him and what he brings to the table? Sure. I'm not a huge fan of Niall Davis. Uh, that's partially because the last game that we saw him have 30 or more snaps in, uh, he fumbled twice in that game, dropped the only pass thrown his way. And, and pass protection a lot of sack in a hurry. So that was one of the lowest grades we've given to a running back in a game. But um, looking at his career as a whole, um, he 
is that averaging just 3.4 yards per carry throughout his career. Uh, part of that's due to the offensive line since Kansas City hasn't always had a great run-blocking offensive line over these past few years. But other running backs in Kansas City have found ways to succeed despite that line. And then uh, he does do a good job of making defenders miss, like we were just talking about. But then uh, the fumbles and the drops are also a concern for Davis. So uh, there's a potential for him to do well if he's able to make players miss and perform well behind a better offensive line. But still, the hands are a concern. He's going to get a chance on Thursday, whether he's ready or not. So we'll find out what happens. But uh, Nathan, the Packers finally got Ty Montgomery heavily involved against the Dallas Cowboys, sometimes in the backfield. You know, apart from the ball security issues, what did you make of his performance? He had a few nice catches in this game, uh, more so catches coming out of the backfield than from a receiver position on which he was able to typically use his speed in order to get first downs. Uh, he caught all 10 passes thrown his way for 9.8 yards per catch. Um, with how many catches he had or how many opportunities plus his skill set, uh, you would have liked to see a bigger play in one of those plays. But um, even though he didn't have a huge play in this game, he was consistently making some good plays. Uh, if you take out those fumbles, the good outweighed the bad. But when you throw the fumbles in there, I would say the bad outweighed the good a little more in that game. All right. Uh, it looks like Brian Balaga will play Thursday, but just in case he can't, Nathan, I, I'm wondering how Jason Spriggs graded out in relief of Balaga this past week. And I understand it's a small sample size, but I'm interested in how the rookie's doing. Sure. Spriggs played in 18 snaps in the last game. 12 of them came at right tackle, and then there were another six where he was an additional offensive lineman in on the play. Um, and he looked fine over the course of those 18 snaps. On pass protection, he played well, didn't allow any pressure, didn't allow any defenders to beat him at any point. So uh, in pass protection, he looked good. Um, in the run game, his best run block actually came on a play in the first quarter where he lined up at fullback in an interesting formation for the Packers and had a good block there. But then in the fourth quarter, when he was playing a little more right tackle, uh, there were a few times where uh, he allowed a defensive end to get inside of him unintentionally. So one blocking wasn't great from him, but the pass protection helped make up for it. So an average game uh, for an offensive lineman there. So while it would definitely be good to see Spriggs get more experience as the year goes on, I'm not sure putting him up against Willie Young is the easiest test if he does have to play right tackle in this one. We're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at Cheesehead TV's Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Nathan, Ladarius Gunter obviously had a poor game against the Cowboys. Do you think this will be an aberration, or do you think we'll see more of the same now that he figures to get more playing time with so many injuries at the position? My guess, unfortunately, is we'll probably see more games that look closer to this game than games that look closer to how he was performing against the Lions. Um, this was the first one where he was really frequently tested, and in that time he allowed six catches on eight targets to be caught for 119 yards and two touchdowns. So I'm not sure we'll see quite as bad of a game as we saw in this one. Our team's trying to take advantage of him that much, but it was discouraging to see him allow that many yards and the two touchdowns after two straight games of allowing zero yards. 
A similar question for Dimitri Goodson, who played in his first game after coming back from suspension. What did you see from him on Sunday, and how did it compare to how he played in previous seasons? Uh, if you just looked at the statute for Goodson, it would look like he had a good game since uh, the statute would say he was targeted once and allowed zero catches. Uh, however, on that one target, Goodson was beat, and Bryce Butler just dropped the pass. So um, Goodson didn't have great coverage, even though it ended up in an incomplete pass. Uh, he also had the defensive pass interference on Cole Beasley, uh, was blocked a few times, once on a screen pass and once in the run game that was notable. So um, he ended up grading below average in this game, which is consistent to how he looked in his little playing time in 2015. But there was a bright note for Goodson. Goodson did look good on special teams. So even though he didn't have the best play on defense, he was an asset to the special teams in this game. Interestingly, I saw Clay Matthews graded out as one of the worst players in the league by Pro Football Focus this week. What did he do so poorly? Uh, first off, he didn't really do anything positive in this game. Uh, he rushed the passer 20 times and never beat his blocker, never ended up getting any pressure. And then in the run game, he didn't have any run stops. Uh, there were no plays where he was really able to disrupt the run game either. Uh, he did have one tackle in this one, but there was a play where he was uh, unblocked and the runner had already gained six yards. So while making a tackle in that situation is still better than missing a tackle, it was still a better play for the offense than it was the defense. And then on the negative side, he did have a neutral zone infraction, which hurt the team. And then the most notable negative play outside of the penalty was one where Matthews was in position to uh, make a tackle in the run game, but then Travis Frederick got to him. I was able to knock him to the ground completely and get him out of the play. So it was a combination of not doing anything positive and doing a little bit negative that led to Matthews' poor grade. Yeah, I know Clay Matthews was averaging a sack per game coming into the Cowboys game, so unfortunately, uh, see him regress there a little bit. Uh, but all right, Nathan, as we look forward here, what do you see from the Bears that the Packers have to be aware of this week? Uh, first off on offense, Brian Hoyer has looked good at quarterback these past couple games, especially when there hasn't been pressure on him. So I think one of the keys to this game will be if the Packers are able to get pressure or not. Um, since Hoyer has been named the starter, the Bears haven't really faced the team with a great pass rush yet. So teams haven't been able to get much pressure on Hoyer. And then um, this game, Josh Seddon is likely to miss the game. So that'll mean the Packers have even more of an opportunity to get pressure. Um, then looking at the Bears on defense, the Bears front seven has been good at stopping the run, which isn't a good sign when the Packers are down their top two running backs. Um, the Bears also don't have a great pass rush, which probably wouldn't matter much since the Packers have been so good at pass protection that even if the Bears had a better pass rush, the Packers would be able to handle it. So uh, the big key for the Bears' defense is probably in coverage. Um, they've been very good in the middle of the field. Terrell Freeman has been a great addition to them as a coverage linebacker. And then uh, second-year safety, Adrian Amos, has also been grading well in coverage at safety. So if there's anywhere to take advantage of in the past game, it's probably the outside cornerbacks. Uh, they've been grading out average to below average on the year. So that's really the place where the Packers should be able to attack when they're on offense. So it should be an interesting game in this one. Sounds good, Nathan. Thank you so much for taking the time and breaking it down with us. And we'll talk to you next week and break down the Bears game.
No problem. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. All right. Take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us as he does every Wednesday here on the show. Thanks for him for joining us. Thanks to you, the listener, for joining us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right. So I, I don't know where to start here in terms of should I talk about Eddie Lacy first or Niall Davis first? So I think the Niall Davis news really kind of broke first, but I think the Packers knew a little bit more than they let on right away because the Eddie Lacy news breaks later in the day. We'll start with that because it leads to everything else. Eddie Lacy reportedly out for several weeks, according to Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette or the USA Today Network or PackersNews.com, whatever you want to call it. Um, apparently, injured reserve is a possibility for Eddie Lacy. So that is not good news. I mean, of course, anybody who watched the Cowboys game knew that Lacey was not 100% even coming into the game, kind of dates back to the game before that, kind of dealing a little, with a little bit of a gimpy ankle. Um, but, you know, the fact that, you know, they could place him on injured reserve, that could indicate that this is more than simply a sprain. Maybe there's torn ligaments involved. Nobody said so far anything on record. We'll see. We'll find out more perhaps today if the Packers are willing to come forward and or Eddie Lacy is willing to come forward and offer any more information. I wouldn't your, hold your hopes out about that. But I think we could probably safely assume if indeed he goes on injured reserve that, you know, there's there's more than meets the eye here in terms of more than being just, you know, an ankle sprain that's going to keep him out a few weeks um, and that's unfortunate for how well Eddie Lacy's played this year. You know, I thought he played really well considering the sprained ankle against the Cowboys, and he'd been playing well before that. Maybe not great, but very good. Um, and, and, yeah, just doing a good job carrying the football for the Packers, uh, especially with James Starks also being out. Um, now, uh, that leads us to the move the Packers made on Tuesday, uh, making a rare in-season trade, uh, not just for the Packers, but pretty much the NFL as a whole. Once the season starts, there aren't many trades. And the Packers apparently set a conditional seventh-round draft choice to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I mean, from that standpoint, it's, you know, not too surprising that they went uh, went ahead and got a guy like Niall Davis from a team that they have a working relationship with. I mean, John Dorsey, the Chiefs general manager, worked for the Packers organization for years. So there's a, you know, previous relationship there and probably they were able to get signed done, done I imagine, real easily um, because, I mean, a seventh round draft choice kind of makes you think that, you know, they're there wasn't all that much bidding going on out there for his services. And who knows, the Chiefs may have released him eventually, but the Packers weren't in a position to sit there and wait to see if they would. And uh, the good news is, if you're kind of disappointed, ah, they had to give up a draft pick. Remember, the Packers did get a conditional seventh rounder when they traded Laurenti McRae to the New York Jets. So you could kind of look at this as just kind of, canceling each other out a little bit uh, so they could still retain a seventh rounder in 2017 or uh, maybe it's uh, the Laurenti McRae might have been 2018 so 
anyway, we'll see how that, you know, the exact year and whatever. And it, it probably depends on, you know, does uh, Niall Davis make the roster or how long he's on the roster, how he performs could be, you know, dependent on several factors here that nobody's come out and, and reported yet or said yet. So we're waiting on that. Um, but, it, you know, the Packers had to do something. This was a necessity with Eddie Lacy now out. We knew that James Starks before that had undergone surgery and he's out at least a couple weeks. The Packers really down to just a fullback on the roster and, you know, that's that's not a halfback. So they, they needed something here. Uh, Niall Davis, I admittedly, I've probably watched him more in college at Arkansas than I have in the NFL, but he's big and fast. I, I mean, he's got, you know, when he came out of college, he had all the measurables you want. He was, he's got good size. He's like 215 plus pounds. He ran really fast in the 40 yard dash 4.3 something. I mean, that's, that's exactly what you want. Uh, unfortunately, it just hasn't translated to the NFL, and you kind of wonder, is he? does he do a bad job, you know, kind of reading the holes in front of him, things like that? What he has done really well is be a good kick returner. He's returned three kicks in, in, in the regular season for touchdowns for the Chiefs, um, including some pretty big moments, so you wonder if the Packers could use him there eventually. I would tend to think they probably wouldn't use him in that role right away, just seeing as they've already got some pretty good kick returners in Ty Montgomery and Jeff Janis, and seeing as they kind of already know everything in terms of, you know, they, they know everything the Packers are doing on special teams, all the, you know, the the blocking schemes in front of them. They're probably focusing right now on Niall Davis just getting ready to play running back this upcoming Thursday, seeing as he's basically getting a crash course in two days of practice before it's it's before it's necessary he's going to play on Thursday. I mean, how much the Packers actually put him out there remains to be seen uh, because he's not going to know the whole playbook. I mean, running plays shouldn't be a problem. I mean take a look at the Pro Bowl. I mean, they basically put together new teams on a week's notice and they go out there and play a full game. Running running plays aren't going to be a big deal. You know, he's he's coming from a West Coast offense with the Chiefs led by Andy Reid. That's not entirely dissimilar from what the Packers do. So I, I think, you know, it's the harder part would be the passing game where he's not going to know the protections. He's not going to know the routes to run exactly. So I doubt he's used a whole lot in that. I, I mean, he may have to some of the time, just out of necessity. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see what he can do just because he's such a, a, a physical specimen, uh, size and speed. Uh, he's what you want. Now we just need to see him, you know, do better than the 3.3, 3.4 yards he was averaging with the Chiefs, which is, you know, less than impressive, uh, kind of underwhelming what he's done in the NFL thus far. So uh, we wait and see uh, what Niall Davis will offer. In a related note here, uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network has reported that the Packers will sign Don Jackson before Thursday. Uh, he's right now on the practice squad, but, you know, it's, it's the Packers really aren't don't have to be in a rush to make a move there because 
He's able to practice. Just because he's on the practice squad doesn't mean he can't practice with the first-string offense. He can. He can go out there and take handoffs from Aaron Rodgers and work behind the first-string offensive line. That's that's not a big deal. They just, sometime before the game, have to make that move and, and promote him to the, the 53-man roster if indeed he's going to play on Thursday, and they probably need him too. Uh, it's unfortunate the circumstances in which the Packers are going to have a, a rookie, an undrafted rookie in Don Jackson who wasn't even around for training camp, although he was part of the team's offseason program before he got injured there. Um, and, and Niall Davis, who they just acquired for two days before Thursday's game. It's not an ideal situation, but that's the Packers just going to have to deal with that right now. So that's how the backfield shake, shaping up. I mean, you can see that the the guys who played roles uh, on, on this past Sunday against the Cowboys are going to continue to. Ty Montgomery is going to continue to play in the backfield. Same with Randall Cobb. And I'd like to see, I've been harping on, I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record, but I can't believe it hasn't happened. You know, how, how bad must Aaron Ripkowski be or how much little faith must the Packers have in Aaron Ripkowski's pass protection that he can't go out there and one back sets and at least provide pass protection for Aaron Rodgers? Remember, John Kuhn used to do that all the time. Remember when the Packers had the huge game in 2013? Uh, the last game of the year, division title on the line against the Bears. Uh, last game of the year when Aaron, when John Kuhn picked up Julius Peppers uh, in pass protection. That was a one-back set. That was John Kuhn. That was the fullback. The Packers scared to put Aaron Ripkowski out there to pass protect thus far. Maybe he's done it once uh, or twice that maybe I can't even remember, but... Or maybe it happened last year, but I haven't seen it this year. And they need that. With no running backs, they need at least that. Somebody in the backfield that can that can pass protect. I mean, yeah, they can go out there and throw it five wide all the time, but I don't, you know, think the Packers should do that all the time. They need a little diversity out there. So really waiting for Aaron Ripkowski to step up in that role. Doing a good job, you know, run blocking, things like that, even t- when he's touching the football, doing fine. Um, but, you know, there there needs to be more here uh, out of him, especially with the injury situation the way it is. Another kind of related story here, cornerback uh, Sam Shields has been placed on injured reserve for the Green Bay Packers. In fact, I should kind of, you know, back up here a little bit. I was kind of talking, uh, it was last Friday's episode, I talked about John Crockett potentially coming off injured reserve, and I was wrong, and I fully admit that. Uh, A player, while he is on injured reserve, in order to come off injured reserve, you have to have been on the 53-man roster, and Crockett never was. He was on the preseason 90-man roster, placed on injured reserve before the cut down to 53, thus making him ineligible to come back. So no possibility the Packers can sign John Crockett. However, Sam Shields is eligible to return, uh, albeit week 15 at the earliest, because he's got to be out now half the season, I think it is, eight weeks. Um, So, you know, the good news is he could come back, you know, in time for a... Uh, playoff run towards the end of the year and maybe his concussion will be better by that time it's a little bit scary to think all these concussions you know kind of adding up but 
Uh, it seems like he wants to come back. You know, they have, he hasn't retired or anything like that, any extreme measures like that. So um, Sam Shields, you know, uh, out for now. And, um, it, you know, the, the, the news is that Eddie Lacy could potentially go on, on injured reserve as well. But that would mean only one of the two, either Sam Shields or Eddie Lacy, could come back later in the season. Now, nothing's a given right now. The Packers haven't made a move yet, but they're going to have to do something to if if they want to promote Don Jackson. A, a, a move has to be made. Either Eddie Lacy can go on injured reserve or the Packers going to have to cut someone otherwise. Uh, I'm sure they don't want to, uh, but they may have no choice here. Um, if if they want to promote John Jackson here before Thursday's game. But, yeah, Sam Shields out and not a good situation for the Packers cornerbacks who, you know, Quentin Rollins has already been ruled out. And I'm not sure Demarius Randall's been ruled out, but he has yet to practice in two days this week. And it's it's looking doubtful at this point at best for Demarius Randall. So we'll find out more today when they release that injury report. But yeah, possibly the Packers could be without their top three cornerbacks. So we're going to see a lot still out of necessity out of Ladarius Gunter and Dimitri Goodson. And beyond that, the Packers looking at Micah Hyde and Mike and Josh Hawkins as your backup kind of cornerbacks. And, you know, they didn't even play Hawkins at cornerback this past week, despite the depth problem, so they don't really trust him out there. So the Packers really in a quandary at cornerback until they start getting some better health here. Um, and, you know, it's interesting in that the same situation could be in store for the Chicago Bears, who possibly are without their top three cornerbacks, Tracy Porter, DeAndre Hall, and Bryce Callahan, none of whom who have practiced in two days this week, Monday or Tuesday, um, not looking good for them, uh, albeit uh, none of them have been ruled out already. So we waiting to see if that'll be the case. And yeah, as Nathan Yonke mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Josh Sitton, former Packer, could be out this week. Again, nothing official yet, uh, but he has yet to practice after suffering an injury late in this past Sunday's game. Would have been interesting to see Sitton face his former team. I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I mean... You know, not having Josh Sin out there is a bad thing for the Chicago Bears. I kind of wondered how much of, a, of an advantage the Packers might have their defensive linemen be, simply because they've faced Josh Sin in practice so often. But it goes the other way, too. Josh Sin has faced, you know, guys like Mike Daniels and Latroy Guyon as well. He, he knows what they're doing, too. So it would have been a fun battle to see, and maybe it still does. Um but yeah, that's that's the way it's looking right now. And and kind of one final news note here uh, in practice squad information: Brian Price, Packers defensive lineman who was on the 53 and had played for the Packers earlier this season, they had to cut him. Remember, um, he's he is now back on the practice squad, which is good. Uh, so they can kind of continue to develop him, and and um, he's a young guy that looks like he had a little bit of potential at least. And in order to make room for him, the Packers have released uh, offensive lineman Blake Muir. Um, but they, they seem to be okay with their offensive line depth. They still have one offensive lineman on the practice squad. Now they're just not carrying two anymore. Uh, but it seems to me to be worth it to bring Pri Brian Price back and, you know, uh, not lose him. 
So uh, with that being said, you know, I, I'm with, with the injury situations the way they are, especially on offense, uh, it's got me really concerned about what the Packers, you know, are going to do in the running game because, you know, I don't have a lot of faith right now at, you know, in week six, uh, game six, uh, in, in Niall Davis and Don Jackson. I just don't think they're you know, ready for prime time. Davis, in terms of knowing the Packers' offense, and Don Jackson, you know, he hasn't even played in a preseason game, let alone regular season in the NFL. Uh, it, that that scares me. Now, that being said, uh, I think the, the, the one good thing the Packers have going for them is that they're facing the Chicago Bears, who are not a very good team. They can be dangerous in the passing game, especially even without Jay Cutler. Um, and, and I see a close game here. Uh, you know, everybody thought the Packers were going to blow out the Bears at home last year. Thanksgiving, Lambeau Field. They ended up losing. This is no gimme game. And I do have the Packers winning 21-20. Um, you know, I, I was wrong last week. I thought they were going to beat the Cowboys. Didn't stand a chance. Maybe I'm going against my better judgment here. But I do see the Packers winning 21-20. Really close game here. Uh, because I think the Packers have a lot of issues and, you know, haven't even talked this episode about Aaron Rodgers, although we talked about a lot about him the past episode and the past few episodes, really, and what's going wrong with him. Uh, so I think we've covered that quite a bit. But, you know, and he's got to start showing up, too. And I just don't have faith that it's going to happen right away. Maybe it'll happen over time once the Packers get a little bit more healthy and the running game can take some pressure off of him. But it's going to be a struggle this game. It's going to be a slog in the uh, Thursday night uh, color rush game. So be prepared to see Packers in their all-white unis, which will be unique. It'll be unique in Thursday night's game. So anyway, uh, that's your game prediction. And finally here, the day ahead. On this Wednesday for the Green Bay Packers, they released their final injury report of the week on Wednesday afternoon. So they'll be you know, telling which guys are questionable, doubtful, out, things like that. Guys to look forward to, their status, uh, especially, I think, Brian Balaga, who has practiced on a limited basis this week. Uh, Demet- uh, or Pardon me, cornerback Demarius Randall, who hasn't practiced, but they haven't ruled him out yet. Watch him. Uh, the Packers could definitely use him, although I wouldn't hold out much hope. Um and, I mean, there's a slew of players on, on the injury report this week, uh, albeit those are the major ones or the guys you're looking forward to who stand a plan, chance of playing a big role with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Devontae Adams, too, has been out with a concussion here and, and doubtful he's plays this week, but at least the Packers seem to have good depth, at wide receiver, and I don't think would miss him all that much in terms of, you know, they got guys to replace him. So anyway, looking forward to that and looking forward to Mike McCarthy's final press conference before Thursday's game. It happens at 10.15 a.m. Central Time on Wednesday. How much he'll have to say before the Packers have have to hit the practice field? Kind of unsure, as usual. We never quite know, uh, but it will be the final opportunity to hear from him before the Packers face the Bears. So there you have it. There's what's going on in the world of the Green Bay Packers, and that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much, folks, for joining us today. Thanks to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com for joining us. Already got our guest lined up for Friday, Ricardo Arguello of the Appleton Post Crescent joining us. He's actually a Bears fan, 
but he hosts or co-hosts a Packers talk show, um, Clubhouse Live. So uh, he's very well-versed in the world of the Green Bay Packers, so I thought he was an appropriate guest to invite on to the show. Um, So we'll hear from him. But that's it, folks. Um, My call to action, as always, as usual, if you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you get to do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right us, pop right up. Give us that five-star rating, brief little review. Doesn't have to be anything long, but we greatly appreciate it because it helps get word out about the show, and we think it's a service to Packers fans. So thank you to those of you who have. We'll see you, folks. Have a good Wednesday. Enjoy the game. We'll recap it Friday morning. I'm Brian Kiribu on behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV. I'll leave you today with a song called Bellwether by Lotus on Psy Fidelity Records. Go Pack Go.